0: Welcome in, everybody, to the West Side Sports Podcast. Apologies for the initial audio issues. Sounds like uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks got loose again on the old podcast. So we are re-recording for try number two today on, on this podcast. First and foremost, thanks to everybody for listening, tuning in today. Greatly appreciate it on this beautiful Pacific Northwest Tuesday day. As always, if you enjoy the conversation, topics, and overall banter I bring to you on a week-to-week basis, please do me a huge favor, subscribe, and leave a rating. That would greatly be appreciated. And uh, we're going to go over the Super Bowl. We're going to go over the remaining MLB free agents today, Mariners, Seahawks. It's going to be more of a traditional, old-school WSS podcast. So once again, thanks to all the OGs who've been sticking around. Much appreciated, and I really, really, really do appreciate that. Um, as always, as everybody knows, and I'm a day late to it because I want to sit around and enjoy it like, like everybody else, the chiefs are super bowl champions. Again, congratulations to Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the crew, um, Travis Kelsey and your obnoxious self and Viva Las Vegas. You will live in mortality, uh, and immortality, excuse me for that statement. The game wasn't great. It wasn't elite. It was a good game. My opinion. I didn't see anything really, um, Out of character for this game and what I was anticipating, I was moderately disappointed with the limited amount of running game and running attempts they did in that game in general. Kyle Shanahan seemed more timid in the second half, uh, Brock Purdy throwing the ball and throwing completions, uh, 39 attempts for Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl. If I'm a Niners fan and I know one of them, uh, this is not exactly what you were hoping for, obviously. This is the worst case outcome possible. And uh, now you kind of just have to sit around and just kind of take it in the chops. You know, like Seahawks fans, we all kind of took it in the chops years and years ago uh, when we obviously lost on the one-yard line. Malcolm Butler, the whole nine yards, Ricardo Lockett, the whole thing. But uh, a lot of people were talking about the whole uh, Kelsey and the Swift thing, and it's just like, just get over it, man. Like, It's football. This game, this Super Bowl, right, had the most eyeballs, the most people watching this Super Bowl in the history of football, right? And that's kind of funny because we heard all week in the buildup on Radio Row of whoever was there and various outlets um, ESPN, Pat McAfee show, first take, whoever else you want to toss in, right? Um, that. There wasn't a lot of true hype behind this because it felt like a rerun. You know, it felt like we had already experienced this before with the matchup of Jimmy Garoppolo versus Patrick Mahomes in previous Super Bowls. That it felt like we were trying to just rewrite a similar narrative and script that's already been used in a play once before. But as always, the scripts are never one and the overall same. I look at Patrick Mahomes, Harrison Butker, and uh, the DB McDuffie. Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, These guys were incredible. I could have, you know, obviously Mahomes for for MVP. I could have said the same thing about Harrison Butker. The guy was absolute nails. And when you have a quality kicker in the NFL, especially in the playoffs, and more importantly, especially at the Super Bowl, you got a kicker that kick you 50 plus yards in a Super Bowl. It's like unheard of. It really is, I don't esque, you know, stuff like that. So, overall, uh, hundred and twenty three point four million average viewers on this game. It eclipsed over two hundred at one point. That was the highest mark. So, congrats to the NFL. They continue to grow. Speaking of growth, we've heard about it with the Eagles playing in Spain this coming year for a home game. Congrats to Eagles fans on losing a home game for no reason. But the uh, the only sporting of your fun fact. Sporting fun fact for today. The only professional sporting venue that had more eyes on it than this year's Super Bowl was the previous FIFA World Cup, which was 1.3 billion eyes, which is pretty incredible. But soccer, more of a global sport than football, but football and then the NFL and Roger Goodell himself are hellbound on making sure that they can try and, uh, you know, forge their own path and their own empire which they're pretty dang good at so um quick just touch on the halftime show for usher i thought that was pretty good the skating was a nice touch the overall setup and the the backdrop and the whole thing i thought was was great the floor was interactive the piano was beautiful usher you've been spending some damn time in the gym man like wow that's pretty incredible uh, props to that That's a lot of work especially on core um got a lot of respect for guys that you know people in general men and women that go in and spend that kind of effort on those things but uh for me personally i was able to relate to it i enjoyed all the music i knew the songs usher was like my pre prime like my initial prime of my life like you know my late teens in high school stuff like that so that was a lot of fun um I didn't think it was as great as Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, stuff like that. That, but I mean, that was my, that was my, you know, my upbringing was those three guys. More importantly, Eminem. But that's just that's a music conversation. So, overall, I thought it was great. Alicia Keys was great. Usher was great. Um, Luda was a little extra. Thought the hair was kind of like, huh? Like I looked at Luda and I was like, buddy. Your hair is crazy, man. But, I mean, hey, different strokes for different folks, as my dad once said. So, that was fun to watch. Super Bowl was good. Transitioning to the, to, to the next topic here on the old list, which is Tiger Woods' new brand. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Tiger Woods uh, was removed from the Nike brand fairly recently. There was a quote-unquote quote, quote unquote, separation. Now, he has his own brand. And on, it's Sun s- Space day space red which is weird because when you think of sunday it's one word obviously but okay uh that's all i got to touch on i thought that just the logo looked weak and i just i didn't i thought that the timing was strange you don't bring out your advertisement on the night of the super bowl or the night after the super bowl when people are still talking about super Bowl. tiger woods just saying anyways um, Cowboys officially make their new defensive coordinator position filled, and the signing is official from their team website and team Twitter page, or X page, excuse me, that is former Vikings head coach, Mike Zimmer. I'm not a big fan of this. No disrespect to Mike Zimmer. Obviously, he's not going to listen to this, but, um, dude was not easy to take along with. I have family in Minnesota. It was, they made it very well known that Mike Zimmer is a hard headed coach with old school tactics, which I'll be curious to see how that translates to our current NFL with how everything stands with the younger age and teams trying to get younger head coaches and younger assistants to relate in more efficient ways to the younger crowd. So be curious to see what touches on that, but it's the Dallas Cowboys. Who knows? So And lastly, um, the Giants, and this will transition us to the next little step here. The Giants signed outfielder Jorge Soler to a three-year, $42 million contract, which, for those of you for quick math, is 14 AAV, which is average per season, um, which is $2 million more than Mitch Garver. That doesn't really surprise me overall. I thought he would get more money in general, but when you wait as long as you do, you just got to take whatever is available to you. And this is the dice roll these guys are willing to play, you know? You don't want to sign early into free agency your your agent and scott is scott boris you're going to leverage as long as you can and the fact that he can only get 14 million dollars from me kind of says you should have just taken the money earlier and ran but hindsight is what always twenty twenty. so and with that being said i'm gonna be free agents i just got a couple of the main ones here that i'm gonna go over and just what i think realistically where they might go obviously this is pure per- like, I am projecting this. No insider in, inf, info. I'm not a Baker breadman, dude. I'm not, I don't do any of that false crap, right? Uh, bottom towards the top, okay? Jordan Montgomery, for me. Uh, Jordan Montgomery and Matt Chapman, you could probably flip them, but I just thought that Montgomery's value is such a question mark because of his age, durability, track record. Yes, he just won a world championship with Texas, and that's where I think he will go back to is Texas. Uh, Rangers haven't spent hardly any money besides for extending Adolis Garcia in the offseason, two years, fourteen million dollars. For those who are interested, um, which is shocking for that less of, for that little of money, but um, teams don't have money, and I know that's not what people want to hear anymore, especially people here in the PNW. That we've talked about the RSS, we've talked about the regional sport issues and the lack of money and whatnot, but. This is a real thing. Teams are having to adjust to this. It is what it is. Just move forward and past it. With that being said, Chapman, I think to the Yankees, I'll be honest, I don't know who their third baseman is. Apologies. I know it was Josh Donaldson last year, and that was a crap shoot. Um, but I think that the fit makes sense, and the Yankees kind of need more sur- like surrounding cast around Soto and Judge. Stanton's constantly injured. You can't really rely upon that for anything. And Jason Dominguez, the Mar, uh, the Martian, is whatever the, they call him. He's gonna take a while. And Volpe, will see how he progresses in his sophomore year. I think Bellinger goes back to the Cubs. I think that makes the most sense. It's where he had the most, the, obviously the last his last productive season. In, excuse me. And uh, it just seems like the fit is meant to be. I look at the remaining teams and. The, the Giants had a choice. Do you want Bellinger or do you want Solaire? And Solaire is more of a more of a comfortable pick because you can reasonably guess what you're going to get from him versus Bellinger. You really don't have a clue what's going to happen. He could hit 280, 290 plus like he did last year for the Cubs, or he could go back to his 215, 220-something-ish days when he played for the Dodgers. And then lastly, it's Blake Snell. And some people are going to say, really? You're going to guess this? I'm going to go Philly. I think Philly makes sense at this point in time. They don't. I don't know what their money situation is. I'm sure they're probably tight. But when you have an overall player to the quality that is Zach Wheeler, Bryce Harper, J.T. Romuto, Nick Castellanos, Trey Turner, the list goes on. Right. Um, getting more just more starting pitching in depth is is, is going to help. Blake Snow would obviously be a top of the overall rotation arm. Could get for the team but it's obviously obviously like we've talked about all off season with blake snow how much money does he want and nobody really knows and nobody knew that was only going to come from seattle the money was never going to come from here especially after getting the information about our budget being shortened and all that stuff so and with that being said speaking of mariners let's transition into mariners pitchers and catches reported today uh for for spring training I saw some of the younger kids in arms there today. saw some videos and clips of Julio inside the cage. looked good, Um, but I can't help but to think of myself how excited I am. I'm very, very lucky. I got to go down to spring training this year for the first year. Uh, My folks are taking me down as a little birthday present gift. My dad and I have talked about this since I was a kid. So it's going to be a really fun opportunity for me to kind of relive my heritage and like my dream as a kid of going to spring training. So. Going to try to get some videos, some stuff for for you guys when I'm down there. But uh, no guarantees because I'm on vacation. So I'll see what happens and what I can uh, stir up. Julio has arrived. He is there, as I mentioned a minute ago. Um, saw some videos of him in general. He looks in tremendous shape. Not that he wasn't in poor shape beforehand. But he definitely turned up the dial in the offseason. And the evidence is pretty, uh, pretty easy to see. The Reds this morning, DFA'd. Former M's pitcher, starting pitcher, Levi Stout, who was in the trade for uh, Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winker. He was an end of the fill-in piece for that trade. A starting pitching depth guy uh, who who was coming off of a career high and a 5, excuse me, a 6% walk percentage. Shout out to prospect insider himself, Jason Churchill, for the stats. Much appreciated, man. Thank you. Um, But when you... When you look at Stout, his overall, you know, his stack cast page isn't great at all. His command issues are glaring. He doubled his walk rate last year, which as a starting pitcher is a massive problem. Um, Jason and others believe and project him to be more of a bullpen fill-in than he would be starting pitching. But for him to be a relevant option here, I think it's more of a starting pitching than bullpen for myself. Just because we we've seen and we've, you know heard of the list of the bullpen guys that they brought in to fill this one open position that's currently anticipated to be filled because they're gonna have Canzone on the roster and stuff like that so you're gonna have spot for one arm so it's a fun topic fun idea i mean if you want to bring him in and see if you can tweak a couple things and his velo jumps cool but i'm not gonna really put anything much into that besides for hey interesting got dfa'd we'll, we'll see what happens the seahawks We finally have the information on the whole coordinating thing. Apologies. When I first recorded this, I just had the short list. The full list got announced today. I will say the little insight that I saw that had been changed was that the title for John Snyder had been uh, updated and, as you guess you could say, upgraded to President of Football Operations, which we've heard plenty of times with Jerry himself for the helm for the Mariners of President of Baseball Operations. Um which I think actually now that now, now that I think about it, that's probably Justin Hollander and Jerry has upgraded. But apologies, I'm just trying to figure out an analogy between football because it's, it's a weird term. President of football operations—the is term I usually hear for baseball, not for football. So, but with that being said, um, everybody saw the, the pictures at the uh Dinos or Dinos Diner or whatever Dinos um down south. Of Ryan Grubb, John Snyder, and Mike uh, Coach Mac in there chopping it up, having a beer, and uh, it went viral. It obviously did did its rounds, but bringing in Grubb, offensive line coach, orientated. When you get a, excuse me, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. When you have and you bring in a older assistant coach than the head coach, for those who don't know, Ryan Grubb is older than than Coach Mac. Um, that you're just kind of having a little bit more of a sounding board. Grubb is a offensive lineman based coordinator. He wants to run the football. Yes, Washington's offense was prolific uh, with with the passing game last year. You know, spearheaded by Michael Penix and Rome Adunze, uh, Jalen McMillan, and following others, but. Bringing this guy in, you're going to be really intrigued to see what they, how they evolve the offense. What things do they incorporate? Do what things do they remove? What concepts do they focus on? This is all going to be just tons of things to figure out in due time. Um, if you want to hear some more direct conversation about offensive schemes and like thoughts and stuff, I would highly recommend you listen to the Brock and Salk podcast yesterday. With their interview with Coach Mac, great interview. Sat down 35 minutes and walked through some stuff. Really, just for me, my only thing that I took away is that he wants to be physical, which I'm not. I I've already heard, so it's nothing new for me. So he's just when he's repeating himself, though, that's something to take note of that I do at least when I hear a coach repeating something, they are going to emphasize this as the main. Like this will be the main em- emphasized change in the offseason is to be physical so and i am welcoming that obviously uh following with coach Grubb uh from washington is offensive line coach scott huff who is highly highly regarded in the country i don't know anything more than that about this guy he's been with Grubb at washington highly highly regarded some of the stuff i've saw um from previous uh players and stuff was really nice to see so really nicely a nice addition to the offensive line room Defensive coordinator, Aiden Dirty, for those of you who don't know, he was the linebackers coach in Dallas. Strong British accent. The dude's really fiery, really intelligent. Obviously, if you're going to be part of the staff, you got to be smart. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to, you know, cast aspersions or be like, well, duh. But it's important to surround yourself with smart dudes as you are a smart person yourself at the helm. It just makes you make more, I hate to use the term, smart decisions. So... Uh, special teams coordinator will be Jay Harbaugh, formerly of Michigan. And then uh something that I want to talk about and touch real quickly, and then we'll leave here on this note. We're right about on time. That I wanted to talk about and discuss the trade value that I read an article on the Seattle Sports website via Mike Salk about bringing up the possibility of trading DK Metcalf. And I've already heard from people when I posted this the first time today of saying absolutely not favorite player, best player on offense. Why would you trade the best player on your offensive team when you're bringing in a new coach? And that is a valid question. Great question, right? My answer to your question is this. When you have a wide receiver room that's going to hit a $50 $50 million net cap hit against this year's cap salary, that's a problem. I don't th- you and when you're trying to create this team is DK physical? Hell yes, obviously, right? Obviously, he's DK Metcalf. But I after watching the, the Chiefs and win the Super Bowl, I can't help but think that allocating your resources on the wide. With that being said, I know a lot of people are going to say, "Dude, there's no way." Like, but Mike, but what if I? And I know that this isn't a realistic. But I, I guess I, I shouldn't say I know this isn't realistic because nobody killed him for five draft picks, right? And Seattle already signed his extension, right? So we eat the that the signing bonus. So that means we would get more in due return. So you're trying to tell me if we could get a, this year's first, if we could get a first, a second, and next year's third and a fifth, I'd do it probably, probably. You know, and that's just, it's hard to even, I don't even like talking about this, but it intrigues me because I'm like, look, man, we have no second round pick this year and we need second round picks to build out this defense and this team, the way that coach Mack wants to build it. And if you don't have the resources and obviously I can I would bet a hundred dollars right now here, here today on the spot that John Snyder trades that 16th overall pick, because why we don't have a second round pick. And I know people are going to be messaging me saying, "No, no, 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 for once, you know, don't don't trade the pick, right?" Well, we always trade the pick. That's why people don't want to trade the pick. But when you're in a class where you have six possible first-round quarterback selections, you can leverage your pick for for years to come with financial gains from it. So when I say financial gains, I'm referring specifically to draft compensation. Okay? One pick turns into four, five. I think four is realistic. And that's something I'm, I'm good with. You go from 16 to 22. You pick up a mid to late second round pick and a fourth round pick this year. And you give us a conditional third round pick next year. We can have a conversation. Shed 20-something million dollars off the cap, however that hits. I'm not a Brady, uh, Brady Henderson. I don't know the, 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 the track numbers specifically, but what I can tell you is that if you want to create this team and you want to reinforce the trenches, which has been the note of conversation with, with Coach Mack and the crew, they know they need to reinforce the trenches on both sides. Offensive line, defensive line is not good enough. In order to make that happen, you got to make some really hard choices. And part of making those hard choices is saying, man, I love this player. I love everything that he does for this city. But in order for us to build this team in my in, in the image that I want to be, for us to, you know, create the, the, the style and the physicality that I that I would seek to bring, I need the draft compensation to do so. And if that means instead you what if you keep DK and you trade um If Quandre Diggs has any value, I doubt Jamal has any value, right? Because of of, of the contracts. They don't have a lot of huge, highly valuable trade assets. You're not trading Ken Walker, I don't think, right? So if you look at the cap hit against this year's upcoming salary, you look at what we have also in Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think it's a reasonable conversation to begin to have and as the weeks trickle on and we get closer towards that, that draft in April, this conversation is going to get louder just like it was last year. I appreciate everybody for listening in and tuning in for taking the time out, out of their day. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Again, if you enjoy this content, not to be repetitive or to uh, repeat myself, but please, please subscribe and leave a rating. The ratings to me mean a ton. I That's how I get my, my feedback. I don't, if you guys want to, Hear different topics I didn't cover today. Let me know if you guys want to come on on this podcast. Let me know. I'm open to anything, but I need you guys to reach out and holler at me. And until then, uh, stay blessed. I'll catch you guys next time. Peace.